The Creative Psychotherapist is the official podcast of the Creative Clinician's Corner, a practice-building resource for creative psychotherapists. TCP Podcast is the cast for creative, expressive, and experiential-focused psychotherapists curious to learn how to design, build, and scale a thriving private practice. Your host, Raina Lombardi, interviews successful therapists about the tools and strategies they have used to develop creative-focused practices. They also talk about the products, services, and side hustles they have developed, using their knowledge and creativity to enhance their therapy practices, make a greater impact in their communities, and diversify their income streams. Welcome. Now here's your host, Raina Lombardi. Thanks for listening to The Creative Psychotherapist. I'm your host, Raina Lombardi, and I'm very excited to welcome my next guest on the show today, where we're going to be talking all about uh, different aspects of marketing and why that is uh, really important for your business and your brand and getting your um, your practice visible. Um, so Welcome, Joel Connor. He is the founder and director of Blue Swing Media, which is a content uh, digital marketing service. And he and his team provide a suite of um, kind of digital marketing services for small businesses. And he is also creating in the process of launching um, an additional marketing business, which is going to be solely focused on video marketing and that's going to be called epic marketing and welcome epic video epic video thank you uh joel um would you mind kind of sharing a little bit more about yourself and your background and um what you do as a marketer yeah thanks for having me on i'm i'm honored to be here and um, i hope that our discussions will really help a lot of people uh, move forward and get some clarity on things that they can be doing to be more successful. Um, so, you know, as we all are aware that the uh, visibility of any type of business, local or national, um, has really moved to the digital side of the spectrum. Totally. Um, so, uh, and it is a it is kind of a landscape that is constantly evolving. Um, it is is changing every year, every few months. Um, things change. Uh, there are <clears throat> multiple ways to uh, engage uh, digitally, and there are, are some simple things that a lot of business owners, especially uh, in smaller areas, smaller towns. Uh, there are people that are way, way behind the curve and they miss oh, yeah. out on a lot of opportunities. So um, the good thing is a great many things that they could be doing are actually free. They just take a little bit of insight and a little bit of effort. But let me back up and I'll just share kind of how I got into this space. Um, yeah, I'll please give, do. give you the, the very short condensed version. Uh, but so I, uh, I was a school teacher for many years and I, um, we had, we adopted a boy um, about, let's see, almost 14 years ago. Um, and then he had some special needs and then uh, we had a, a daughter, a biological daughter, and she also was born deaf. And so wow. uh, a lot of, uh, so I was around kids all day um, as a school teacher, and then I would come home and not have much left to give my children. So I really was kind of wanting to change into another another career. <clears throat> and so I had a good friend who was a he was a, a software developer, and he worked. They were working on some website development stuff. And so I called him and I said, "Hey, what can I what can I do um, where I could?" kind of use some of my creative energy and uh, pick it up fairly quickly and, and uh, maybe launch into a new career. And so he told me to learn HTML, CSS, and Photoshop. And so I just started on that same day studying night and day um, until I was able about um, 
maybe a, about a month later, I got an internship uh, working at a web agency doing website design. So I was starting out at the very bottom and, and worked really hard until maybe about four or five months later, I was one of their top uh, website builders. And I got to wow. work on some really, really big and exciting projects over the next uh, few years. And then uh, during that time, it was in 2014, uh, I, uh, the firm that I was working with was, I don't know, maybe about 10 or 11 hours away. So uh, they gave me their permission to start up a small agency of my own in my area. And oh, cool. so I, start, I started building websites for people locally and I had that skill and they were they were all happy to have a, a beautiful website for you know a very reasonable price because I had no overhead and but then we came to I, I came to understand the real challenge for them was getting their website found so they had a great website they had a, a place to send people but nobody was finding them so and also for my agency I had built uh, you know my website and everything so i started to learn the all the little digital marketing pieces on behalf of my clients so i started reading and taking courses you know i probably read close to a hundred books on marketing in the last few years uh and taken a bunch of courses just trying to figure out because it's very competitive uh, yeah when you talk about marketing, you now have global competition. There's a lot of people in the space, but there's not that many people that do it very well um, mm -hmm. that you can actually also afford. So um, that's, that's kind of how I got into learning all the, all the little pieces from what you would call SEO or search engine optimization, uh, content marketing, digital advertising or paid advertising google ads facebook ads and then there's there's so many little pieces that come together and then i i over the last few years what we have seen get really good results for our clients is what we call content marketing and that's kind mm -hmm. of our sweet spot that we try to focus in on because once that piece is working well it never gets turned off. Whereas if you're running ads, uh, your ads, once you turn them off, you're pretty much invisible. I totally 100% agree. And that's my message um, when I'm talking with other therapists, you have so much knowledge to share and that knowledge becomes the way to reach the audience um, mm -hmm. versus paying for those ads, which, yeah, like you said, once they're once you're out of money, then <laughs> then you're back to square one of okay well now i have to reinvest more money in that area um which yes. they can be um, helpful ad yes ads have definitely have their place and every vertical is so different you're and you're dealing with people who are bombarded with advertisements um especially uh disruptive advertisements like on on social media platforms you have to have them dialed in perfectly uh, for them to really be effective. And in some cases, it's just you know basic math. If they're working, then it makes sense to keep them on. Mm -hmm. uh, but you have to really be on top of the numbers, how much you're spending and how much you're getting as a return. And then you can also use ads for kind of initial boost to mm -hmm. kind of get in front, expand your audience a little bit. And then once you have that audience built up a little bit, your content uh, kind of engages them. Right. right. So, it's, so it's thinking about it in different ways. It's very nuanced. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, it takes a lot of monitoring. You, can, you can't be sloppy with it. So it, it def definitely is, it takes some insight uh, how, to, how to get it set up properly and then a lot of monitoring and making adjustments and things like that. And the other thing about especially working if, if you're doing uh, work with Facebook and slash Instagram who are now together, 
Facebook is very fickle about shutting you down for no apparent reason and, and you can't really do anything about that. And your Facebook page, you don't really own it. Uh, but your domain, your website, that's why I tell people the two things you really own are your domain, your website, and your contact list. Those two things that are, if you grow those, it doesn't matter if Facebook decides one day that they're just gonna stop having certain categories, um, which they can totally do that. And you have, you're, you're powerless to, you know, right. stop them. So. That's huge with people creating different types of groups on Facebook and uh, kind of engaging their audience in that way. If they decide, oh, we're not gonna do groups anymore, you're gonna have to pay for groups and then you've lost you know, all those thousands of people if you don't have their contact information. Maybe we should kind of pivot and, and talk a little bit about how we can use the content marketing in order to build that that email list and that contact list. Florida Art Therapy Services is a proud sponsor of the TCP podcast. They offer art therapy for individuals and groups, as well as qualified supervision services and high quality experiential driven continuing education for art therapists, mental health counselors, and clinical social workers. Visit www.floridaarttherapyservices.com for more information. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the Creative Psychotherapist podcast, we have copper, silver, and gold options. So visit www.creativeclinicianscorner.com forward slash podcast for more information. Um, where should people start with that? So this is, this is very, very um, key piece to it because if you if you get this uh out of order it can um can be a big waste of your your efforts um but just to, just before we jump into that i wanted to say um for those who are listening google um when they develop their search algorithm to, to where they're delivering the highest quality result that you know that put them that set them apart um, from a search standpoint, when somebody has a need and they go in and search, you know, Google is the, is the go-to search engine. And then uh, they tried uh, Google Plus as a Facebook competitor and it really flopped. Oh, yeah, but then they pivoted, they pivoted and created Google My Business for local businesses. And Google My Business is very, it's a very, very big player. Uh, for any local business that cannot be ignored because they uh, they've done a couple things that were really really smart on their end and that is they made a way for people to review businesses that was very hard to uh, tamper with or whereas uh, Amazon has reviews uh, you know you don't know if they're all legitimate or fake or whatever right. but Google does a pretty good job of you know, you have to be a real person, a real Google user to come in and, and make these reviews. So uh, those two pieces, uh, especially the Google My Business, it's super important for any local business to get that set up. It's free, just takes uh, a few days for you to verify that you're a real business. They send you a postcard. And then uh, it's a free place where you can uh, post content and you can get reviews. Reviews are, it depend, depending on your industry, people will go to look at Google reviews, but if, if they don't have a, an outside reference, they're going to go to those reviews to, to make a decision. Am I going to call this business or not? Even if that is the highest ranking uh, business for whatever search terms, they're still going to go back and, and read those reviews a lot of sure. times. So having that in place is, 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 is super important. So but the, the part about developing content, all right, so you, you start with words and you, there, there are tools for researching uh, search volume. But even without those tools, Google gives you a great way to do some research for free using their search engine. Okay. And you can, <clears throat> You can open up, uh, and, you know, a Chrome tab, and uh, go to 
to google.com instead of just typing it up in the top top piece of the um, browser go to google.com and then you start typing in the the words that you think someone would type in when they're looking for your type of service and then you will see a drop down with the most likely or the most common search terms that people commonly type in uh, related to your term. And then if you scroll down to the bottom of that search, there are suggestions that you can look at. And that is a good way to start uh, to validate uh, the content that you want to start creating. And so when people a lot of times think about blogging or vlogging or whatever, they, sure. they sometimes think about these, you know, big personalities that have a million viewers and, you know, these big online celebrities. That's not the way that you want to approach your, your blog and just your random thoughts for the day. You want to be very, very focused in on search, uh, what people are searching for related to your business. So then you wanted to, you can look at, you know, other content that's out there. And then you want to start to write um, content based on those keywords. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you, when you post your content, you want to make sure your keywords are in the title of your post, which will also be in your URL. And then you want to use those keywords and similar words, industry words throughout your content. And the, here's the big point <laughs> that I want people to understand. Post it on your website first because it will get indexed with Google there and your domain will get the credit. But if you post it on Facebook or if you post it somewhere else first, your domain doesn't get that credit and it, it doesn't grow in, in its domain authority. So that's the uh. foundational piece. Can you speak to what domain authority is for people that might not understand what that means? Okay, so there's, I don't know, I don't know the exact number of different uh, parts of the algorithm that calculate domain authority, but I know the main ones, what the main ones are, but it's, there's like a hundred different things that they're tracking that all kind of calculate your domain authority. And so the the higher your domain authority, the, the more likely your website's gonna rank for those search terms that you're going after. So 100 would be the, the highest possible score. And you know when you start out with a brand new domain, you'll be at zero. And so, so Google looks at the age of your domain. It looks at the words, the content, that, that, uh, that's on your website. It looks at links uh, going out from your website to other websites and also internal links. And they're linking from one internal page to another. Uh, it looks at what, uh, links that are pointing to your website from other websites. And it also looks at what types of websites those are. So, uh, and those are called backlinks. So like if there's a, an authority, authoritative site in your industry that cites your site and sends a link, say says check out this post on your website and points a link to your site, that's a very, very strong indicator uh, to Google and that will boost your domain authority. And a lot of SEO or search engine people focus a lot on trying to get those backlinks. And, and it's, uh, it's a fairly complicated and involved process. However, if you create really, really good content, what's neat is Google, Google will work for you and you will generate those backlinks organically. And that's how Google really wants things to work anyway. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I know I get like a lot of people 
at least five a week, probably more sometimes of people like, hi, I noticed that you have all of these great resources on your website. We're mm -hmm. this, we just wrote this article. Why don't you consider putting it on, on there? And they <laughs> like, they are relentless. They keep coming yeah. at you and keep coming at you about doing that. I just delete them. Um, yeah. I, I just don't have enough brain space to be really evaluating whether or not one, are they creating valuable enough content for me to actually want to put that on my website and direct people to? Um, but two, it just feels gross. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a good sign though for your website. That means that you're visible enough that those people, they see your domain authority and they're wanting, they're probably being hired by a biz, one of those businesses to try to get a link back to their site. And, and, you know, sometimes that, that they're, you know, their whole, there's a whole industry built around trying to get those. But so there's one other piece though that that's important for your domain authority that I didn't touch on. And that is what is called social signals. Mm, I've not so heard of that. Social signals basically are, well, when you, after you post your page, I mean, your post on your website, it's, it's the best practice then you know, at some point later to share that page to your social media channels. Mm -hmm. And then how much engagement comes around that piece of content uh, is, is called a social signal. And it sends, so for example, you create a really great post about one topic and then you share it on Facebook and Twitter or whatever. And then if a lot of other people say, hey, this is great, I'm gonna share it again. And then it starts getting shared uh, from people who just come to your website and there's, and then Google sees that and those social, social signals um, uh, basically helps boost your domain authority a little bit as well. Okay. I'm learning a lot today, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So that's the, it's all starts with words. That's the foundational piece. Everything else, builds off of that and that's where you get into taking that type of content and possibly creating other valuable pieces of content like possibly you know infographics um video video perform outperforms any other type of media in terms of engagement if if the video is you know solid and engaging mm -hmm. I just, yeah. I just did a post on the Blue Swing Media site and I did a YouTube video on how to create engaging content. Mm -hmm. And it kind of came out of a couple of books that I'm reading um, and I'm, I'm learning about uh, film production mm -hmm. and best-selling best -selling, uh, novels and some of the same principles of engagement that, that they use, you can incorporate that and that's what I kind of touched on in that post. It's called How to Create Engaging Content. Okay, awesome. So I'll put a link, How to Create Engaging Content. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes so that people can go directly to your website to find that video and learn a little bit more about that. So um, we're kind of talking about the content marketing piece. So it starts with the words, which... Mm -hmm we can search the terms to see what match up with what our business is, uh, the purpose of our business is, and see what people are searching related to that, and then create the content, which will drive the traffic because we're establishing ourselves as an authority mm -hmm. according to the search engine tool. And then they then push your web link, your URL up, the, up the chain um, when people are searching right. for that service. Right. All right. And, and then, you know, the, if you, if you just launch a website, just to give you a heads up, Google basically labels your website as, as a baby and does not, and, and pretends like you don't really exist for a while. So it takes a little bit of time. So even if your post is way better than the other posts that are out there, it, it won't get seen at first, but 
over time, it'll, it'll grow and grow and grow. And then, um, for example, this is why the quality is so important. Another factor in the algorithm is uh, bounce rate, or if someone comes to your page and they, they read like one sentence and then they click away, Google sees that as being not, not good content. But if they mm -hmm. stayed on that page for, you know, three or four minutes or 10 minutes and they, you know, copy and paste out of it and they really engage with it, Google will say, ah, here's a great piece of content. I'm going to send more traffic there. So that's why uh, quality is a big, big factor. And I, I actually, a lot of our posts, I go back in and I put a video embed on that post because people will stay on the page longer and, and watch the video. It's about the same content, basically. Okay. So in terms of written content, I've I've read, I've heard a couple of different things from different people. Some people say um, less is more. Some people say more is more. Mm -hmm. um, is, is there a specific strategy that we should be thinking about when we're creating content? Like what would be advantageous to do a less is more approach versus the advantages of a more is more approach? Okay, so I think the big, the big thing here, the big word to consider would be consistency. Mm. So, you, you know, obviously if, you, if you're, the more consistently you're putting out content, that's a signal showing that your, your, your website is active. And then, but you'd never want to uh, substitute or you never want to uh, decrease the quality of your content. And you never ever want to post someone else's content as yours. I mean, you can quote other people in your content because Google actually has already given that credit to the other websites. So you get absolutely nothing from posting someone else's content. So I, I recommend a schedule or something that you, if you're gonna be writing your own content, like one of the things that we do for our clients is we develop and post content for them. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we write the content, we optimize it, and we post it on a, on a schedule. But if you're gonna be doing your own content, writing it, if you don't schedule it into your life, it most likely will never happen. And, and a few years back, I wrote a book and that's the only way I was able to get, get traction with getting my book done was to have a routine. This is where I'm gonna write from here to here at this day, at this time. And it was early in the morning before everybody else was awake, I would, get up and I would write and it, if you don't schedule it it never happens even some of the most motivated business owners that I work with and talk with they even have people they can hire to and their and their staff to write and it never gets done and they never get the traction that they want and that's why a lot of people end up just hiring us to do it but um, you know, like if you're in that industry, you know it better than we do and our and all of our content writers will do our best to craft great content. However, if you can do it yourself, it'll be more personable and and you'll have more insight. If you can develop that skill of, of, of writing, it's a great uh, foundation, foundational piece for your content marketing. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's something that the more successful the businesses become, the less time that we have to dedicate to some of these um, more creative endeavors, but you know, writing as a creative endeavor, but it's also um, important to the marketing piece of just getting, letting people know who you are, what you do, what you're knowledgeable about, all that good stuff. Um, mm -hmm. It does become super important to have it built into your schedule and carved out because otherwise we just get so busy that it doesn't it it doesn't rank in, as high in priority of some of the other maybe crisis type I gotta yeah. put out this fire type thing 
Um, and at the end of the day, you're like, oh my gosh, I really should, but I'm too tired and I'll do it mm -hmm. tomorrow. Um, yeah, so yeah. yeah, that's right. It's great. Great tips the, there. The neat thing about uh, what we've been able to do with some of our clients is that content that we've developed like three years ago is still getting consistent traffic and they're still on the top of Google for, for those search terms. And, you know, we, we continue to put out new content, but we don't have to do it as consistently. And those same posts that we made long ago, they're still, once you have created content, it's there, you know, it's, it's going to be there, you know, and you right. can leverage it for, for years to come. Some of the, even when you're on YouTube, some of the videos that pop up as the top ranking video are like from 2013, you know, and this is somebody made a great video and it is still adding value. So, yeah. Right. It's an evergreen uh, situation. Once you create it, it, it will continue to work for you if it's done well. Yep. And then you, you have to promote it and you have to be consistent enough for it to, to be found. But once, once you get to that point, um, then you, you know, your investment is going to pay off. So. Yeah, that's, that's great. So in, in terms of SEO, I know like all of what we just talked about with the uh, authority, the domain authority and the words um, doing the search in Google to find out what terms are being searched the most. Is there anything else that people should understand about SEO when they're just kind of thinking about this for the first time? I know I had no idea what it was when I opened my practice. It's only like all of these things are just things I've been learning along the way. Um, yeah, so that's it. The, it's a little complicated, complicating the, the way that people use the word SEO. Um, it basically, you know, means search engine optimization. And initially it was about optimizing your code uh, and your web pages to be Google friendly. And then um, over time, it kind of expanded in what it meant. And then and you focus on off, what they call off page SEO, which is building up your backlinks and all of these other pieces that, that go into effect. Um, and I can touch a little bit on on page. Most of your website builders or website platforms are SEO friendly. If you go in there and plug in the what you need to put in there just to communicate well with Google what your page is about. For example, your the page title, which shows up in the browser tab, should have your main key focus keyword in it okay. and your at the very top of your page, there's a little bit of code and it's a title tag called uh, H1, or it should be a header one. And that tells Google that that text is the most important text on that page and you want your keywords in that uh, section also. And those are, those are very like basics of what you would call uh, on-page SEO, op, you know, search okay. engine optimization. And then uh, you, you want to have your keywords sprinkled here and there throughout uh, your page content and also down at the end. You don't want to stuff too many keywords in there, which um, actually before Google's algorithm was a little more advanced, you could do that. And it was called keyword stuffing. And who, if you had 29 keywords in there and your competitor had 28, you would outrank them. But now if you do that, Google will, will flag your page and you won't show up at all. So, um, yeah, that's, but the, the reason I like focusing on content marketing is because over SEO is because, um, the way what Google is trying to do is provide relevant results. Even, even for Google ads, uh, they will only show ads that they think are relevant, um, okay. to the search because they are trying to provide a good user experience. So uh, when you develop useful, helpful, um, engaging content, uh, you're kind of playing by Google's rules and, and, and then a lot of the other technical stuff you don't even have to worry about 
you just worry about you know keeping in mind you're you're connecting on search terms and creating content around that actually i there's one point that i i left out that's that's also super important when you're looking at those search terms mm-hmm. you want to build on search terms that have what i call searcher's intent you want to mm-hmm. consider not just things that people are typing in a lot but the things that they're typing in when they're ready to do business with you when they're actually searching to connect um with your business for example <clears throat> have a client so dog trainer and we could get go, go after all sorts of fun dog related terms that people search all the time but they're not looking for a dog trainer with those terms we want to get we want to uh, go after the terms when somebody has a pain point with their puppy is you know pooping all over the house or whatever then uh we show up there they actually uh want a trainer and and those are the kind of terms that we we go after so it's it's important to keep in mind the intent of the search and how do you determine that when you're looking up these terms um it it takes a little bit of uh, human intuition, you know, for the most part. Trying to put your shoes in the in the your the same mindset that your searcher has. Okay. You know, what are they going to type in when they're ready to do, you know, music therapy or play therapy? I, you know, ha- you know, could be. Uh, that's where you have to kind of be careful. A lot of people go to search when they're trying to solve a problem on their own. And sure. it's okay. It's, it's, it's fine to provide content for the people in those situations because you will start to build a little bit of trust if they come to your content. Um, that makes so, sense. You have to think about that um, in a different way because you could put in something like, play therapy or art therapy or music therapy in the search term, but it might bring you to like a professional association or organization that mm-hmm. um, kind of represents that field, but it, people wanting to know more about it, but just because they want to know more about it doesn't necessarily mean that they actually want that service. Right. Right. So you have two different approaches there. You definitely want to, focus heavily in on the search terms where you know that they're ready to engage and do business with you first. But in the other case, what you need to provide is a very personable, uh, helpful piece of content, preferably where you can actually introduce yourself through video and say, these are the exact things that we do. This is how we, this is what we're passionate about and and you give them the you transition into the invitation to do business with you so you it is still a great path um it's just not as direct but mm-hmm. you you don't want to just put the content out there without giving them that invitation um and the opportunity to work with you so if people are going to be using video do they need to be thinking about it in terms of um a similar framework as creating the content that is written um so by like using the same terms uh in spoken language on the video so when i create a post for blue swing media and then i go back around and create a youtube video for it I'm going after the exact same terms, the exact same title. It's implemented a little bit differently in YouTube to get your results, uh, but it's the same. Uh, it's pretty much the same target. Okay. And then, and but you don't have to get in front of a camera to, to provide video content. You can use, you know, pictures with text, you know, kinetic mm-hmm. text. There's a lot of there are a lot of great platforms for creating that kind of content. For example, we did a bunch of videos for real estate in Savannah, Georgia on neighborhoods. And we, we were in you know South Florida, so we couldn't really go and get a lot of footage, but we did get some pictures and 
And so we would just use pictures, music, and then give helpful stats about those neighborhoods. And that it's a, you know, a helpful video. Now, a video of a real person standing in front of that neighborhood is going to outperform, the, you know, the latter type of video. So, gotcha. but you don't have to, you, you can take a, your written content, summarize it, put it into a video format without having to be on the screen um, in front of a camera. So, and it's All pretty, right. it's pretty easy to do. Very cool. So if somebody were like, if somebody were looking to experiment doing that on their own, are there um, like technology, like film editing tools that are easy to learn or easier to learn or use? That seems well, like an intimidating thing. Yeah. <laughs> the good thing is um, most of your smartphones record pretty decent audio. I mean, pretty decent uh, video. The audio actually is what is a little bit lacking in that case. However, you can purchase a, like a little lapel mic, attach it to your smartphone and you can, you know, if you, now if your smartphone is like four or five years old, you know, you might want to upgrade. Sure. To a Samsung or, or an iPhone or something like that. You'll get pretty good quality video. If, um, if your audio's decent and your lighting is decent. And so, you can get pretty good lighting with natural light at sometimes, or you can get a, an LED um, light kit for pretty, pretty cheap, around $50 or so, get some decent lighting and make sure that your, your backdrop is, you know, looks, looks all right. And then uh, you just have to start practicing and trying, getting, you know, you're gonna be nervous, Yes. Being in front of camera. The good thing is you don't have to post it if it turns out. That's too so bad. true. And you can actually edit. You can edit out things if, if you kind of get stuck somewhere. So it just takes a little bit of practice. But a lot of people never get to the point. That they, they always put it off and they just never start. So. I've started and stopped and started and stopped with the video um, at, for that very reason. I because I don't know what happens. It's almost like stage fright response where I'm like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm saying. And and then I'm like, oh, I don't have time. I like need to get on to the next thing and I'll get back to that. And I don't. And you know, part of it is that I don't because it. I have to sit with my own discomfort around it and mm -hmm. have to work through that. I had to do that with the podcast too. At first I just talked on here by myself and recorded and recorded and recorded and erased and erased and erased um, for a couple of months before I did my first official recording yep. Uh, because it felt so unnatural and uncomfortable, but now it's fine. I'm used to it. Um, and yeah. I need to do that yeah. with a video too. When I did, I remember working really hard on a video early on, and I was, I was thought it's gonna, uh, this is gonna be great. I felt really proud of myself, and then I went back and watched it, and I was like, oh, that was terrible. <laughs> I just, you know, I, but then you know. A little further along, I made some videos and I still kind of feel in the same way, but uh, some friends of mine saw the videos and they said, you know, you are your own worst critic. You're going you're to be analyzing every little thing. Most people are not going to be that critical of your production. Right. But then once you kind of get into the routine of it, you can relax a little more. Mm -hmm. You know, you can actually enjoy that creative process. Now, in your research and kind of understanding uh, video marketing, is there a recommended length of time that people should be recording for? Well, it really depends on the, the purpose of your video, but any type of promotional video, shorter is better. Okay. Um, you know, for Super Bowl commercials that are 30 seconds, you know, they're getting their message across. It doesn't take that long to communicate your message. And you, if it's too long, people are just gonna, especially on social media, if you're doing disruptive advertisements on social media, shorter is better. And then if, if you're doing a training or a webinar where you need to go in depth, 
and you're really going into detail, those can be longer. But even in that case, I would say, you know, getting all of your content that you want, everything that you want to communicate in the shortest amount of time possible. Okay. And to be in, in as engaging and as helpful as possible. So that makes sense. Because they're, people are, you know, their attention span is so short and there's so many distractions, other things that they could click on and go to. If, if it's not concise and engaging, they're just not going to consume it. And you're not, you can't force them to consume it unless you're sitting next to them saying, you must watch this. So. <laughs> That's right. But there, it, it, there's a competition for our attention and yep. our attention is um, like, that's our time. And, and that is a, a high priced commodity because I think we're all kind of limit, you know, living in a, a really fast paced world and recognize that like, okay, if you don't, if you're not saying what I need you to hear, I'm going to move along to the next thing. So I just don't have time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we have access to almost unlimited knowledge or either information that's good or not so good, but it's all right there at the touch of our fingers or, or our voice, voice search. So if, if we're not provided, providing value and what we're saying is not very relevant to their situation, it will not take them but a few seconds to pivot from that. Yeah, so. wow. This is a lot of really great information, Joel. Um, I know we could talk a lot about a lot more things, but I think maybe we should save that for another time um, and let people kind of soak in on the content marketing aspect of things. Is there anything else that you'd like to share that you believe would be valuable to listeners related to the content marketing and um, the SEO uh, aspect of things? Okay. Yeah. And this is, there, there's a, a lot to it, obviously, but um, one thing that local businesses can really take advantage of is that Google's algorithm has advanced over the last few years to where local relevancy is a really big factor, especially for people on mobile devices. So in addition to, we talked about search terms related to your business. If you layer in your location, then uh, your chances of getting traction are much higher, much quicker if you include your, your location in that. So. That's uh, a great tip. Yeah. If you want to go national, then, then it's, it's a, you know, you're competing with in a bigger ocean and it's going to be a lot more competitive. And then you have to really narrow in on your, uh, your niche a little bit if you're gonna to try to compete nationally, especially yeah. initially. So um, as far as anything else goes, a big, a big thing to watch out for, if you go and sit in front of a web browser and start trying to learn about digital marketing, you're gonna be so overwhelmed so fast with so many things that people are telling you to do you might say, oh, I gotta do this, I'm gonna start dabbling over here. And then you see this and you're like, oh, it's the shiny new object, you gotta do this. Everybody's doing this and you're like, okay, so you put that aside and you go over here. It's just like, you're gonna get bombarded by emails. People are gonna start showing up in front of your YouTube videos that you're watching. You're gonna get so overwhelmed that you don't actually really do anything or do much at all instead of, you know, systematically providing some valuable content that will build over time and you know the advantage is if you can get to where you're doing that most of the other people are like that they're just so overwhelmed with so many so many ideas so many strategies so many different things people tell them you got to do this you got to do that that they never really settle in and start uh, building their digital foundation right so, so that's the, that would be the big caution if, you, if you're stepping into this space. Um, somebody's going to come up and say, if you're a local business, you have to do this. 
Right. You need, you know, and then you this service and that service, and this has got to do this for you. And there's just so many different things uh, grabbing for your attention. It's so true. And the way it's designed with the um, paid for advertisement, as soon as you click on one thing and they're like, oh, you're watching that, you're paying attention to that. Oh, you're looking up a book on this topic. All of a sudden, you yeah. know, there it's everywhere. It's in um, an article that you're reading and you're like, oh, wow, there's that person again. Oh, <laughs> like, how did they end up here? It's all over. So yeah, I think honing in on one thing and just um, committing to the one, that one thing over a long period of time and being consistent in our approach um, really is the best way to go about it. Yeah, and then keep it in mind that your anything that you put on your domain is that you own that space. Anything that you're doing with the, all of these other channels, even your YouTube channel or, or whatever, you don't really own that uh, space and in you don't have control, they could shut you down. So you're building something that you know is gonna be there uh, for the long term. Yeah, no, that's so true. I didn't really get into uh, building up your, your contact list. That, that's, yeah. a, that's a whole other, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a whole another podcast to go down that track. Absolutely, but, but between that and like, the whole Facebook ads or Instagram ads and Google AdWords. I, I feel like all of those things could be their own podcasts. They're so complicated, mm -hmm. um, especially the ads, the Google AdWords. I, I tried that some time ago and I, mm -hmm. the results that I got were not what I wanted at all. I had people calling me that were in like significant crisis and I was like, no, this is not, this is not it. Yeah. <laughs> not, not right. Um, and I haven't, I haven't gone back there too because it, it's so expensive and um, I feel like you need somebody who has some expertise to, to manage it. it. It's a lot of moving parts the way they have it structured. Yeah, it is complicated. Um, the setup is fairly, fairly complicated. Um, and actually, actually um, you've seen, probably seen a lot more of this lately, but there had been a sweet spot of where you, your YouTube ads are actually, if you have video content, YouTube, ad, YouTube ads, YouTube ads have been significantly more effective than even Facebook ads or your traditional AdWords um, because you could handpick the video, the videos that you want to show up before. So you know that they're very, very relevant to the, the, uh, the target audience that you're going after. That's an awesome tip. I didn't know that. I had never even thought about the YouTube ad space. I feel like we could do a whole another podcast just talking about the concept of ads. Mm -hmm. um, would you be willing to come back and talk again on this topic? Sure, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's go ahead and end here. But before we wrap up, what, like, where can people find you and what you're doing and the information that you're providing about content marketing um, if they wanted to learn more? Okay, just uh, Google Blue Swing Media. And then you'll find our website. You'll, you'll be able to easily navigate to all of the services that we provide. And then also all of our blog content. And then we also have a YouTube channel that we've started regularly posting to uh, based off of our blog content. So you can find us in both of those places. And there's also a link on the contact page if you want a free strategy session where you can actually set up a meeting with me and we'll talk about your strategy and I won't try to sell you anything. <laughs> uh, That's one awesome. of the values, one of the values that we, we hold at Blue Swing Media is to be generous because as we embrace that, it always uh, comes back around and we, we actually, you know, you know, it gives us a great, a great feeling when we see how 
people's lives are impacted when their digital marketing starts to take off. Yeah. Those, so with, with content marketing, it doesn't happen overnight. It's, a pro, it's, it's an investment. And as it does happen, though, it's so exciting to see uh, sometimes clients are calling us freaking out because their phone doesn't stop ringing. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's how people can connect with us. Um, also, if, if you don't want a strategy session, if you just want to ask a question, you can do that also through the contact form. Just um, ask a question and we'll try to get back to you as soon as we can about oh, that. And also we're so super much. excited about Epic Video. It's our new brand we're launching um, this summer. Continuing to our, we have just to clarify, Epic is spelled with a Q at the end there. Oh, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Yeah, so Epic Video is is where we're really focusing on creating just high end commercial grade videos for local businesses because it's such a valuable asset. So we're we're ramping up, and 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 we're excited to offer that. That is really cool. I'm sure that's going to help a lot of small businesses be seen in ways that they haven't been seen before. Um, and I know before, like we officially began recording, you had mentioned that YouTube is, you know, one of the top search engines um, out there. That's where people find a lot of information and tons of people are on there. If you look up the stats of, you know, the demographics of who's using it, everybody's using it of all ages, um, even older folks. So um, it's the second largest search engine. And for certain types of things, when you're trying to learn about something, people prefer to learn through video. So it is a great uh, free platform to, to leverage. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, Joel, so much for taking the time out of your busy day to do this video, uh, or excuse me, podcast. We were just talking about videos. Um, to do this podcast with me, and I will make sure that everybody has links to uh, the website, to that blog post we talked about, how to create engaging content, and um, that link to your uh, YouTube and um, the contact page if they're thank interested. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. And then uh, hopefully we can uh, circle back around and do another episode sometime. Yeah, if, that would be amazing. If your listeners have specific questions and, you know, if you get some feedback, uh, we can have another uh, session where we address whatever questions people have. Oh, that's a really good idea too. Um, what I can do for that is in the, um, in the newsletter that I send out and then in the social media, uh, marketing stuff that we could, that we put out, we can put a link to like a, a brief survey and, and have them ask some questions that they want to have answered. And then we'll use that and we'll reschedule another time to talk if that's cool with you. Sure. Yep. Sounds good. I will be, I'll be out of town for about a month, but um, when I get back. That's totally fine. We probably won't even air this for another month because just of how our process is. So we'll record, I try to do batch recording so that I'm always a little bit ahead. Um, yeah. Speaking to like what you were talking about with the writing, how easily it can, you know, become overwhelming. Um, yeah. So I, I try to stay a little bit ahead and then we edit it and then release it. And it seems to be we're like three or four weeks, sometimes five weeks um, ahead or out. And I have somebody else I'm going to launch kind of uh, release uh, another person who spoke more about like the visual aspects of branding but how that also kind of ties into some of the stuff that we were talking about today. So I'll have them kind of like right next to one another. Okay. Sounds good. Awesome. Um, well, make sure you let me know when it goes live. Oh yeah, we definitely will. I, we'll send I'll you. I'll, I'll promote it also on my end. Yeah. We'll send you an email. Like it'll all go to you. It'll have the graphic that we use um, that goes on the website um, and the link to uh, the website where the podcast is, 
which you Thank already you. know. And, um, and then of course it can be listened to on anything like iTunes or Spotify um, and some of the other players. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, I, I'm excited to learn more about what you're going to do with the video stuff. And um, are you going to be integrating that with what you're doing with uh, Blue Swing? Um, um, well, for now, Blue Swing is doing the more like the uh, templated quick videos to enforce people's blog posts. Epic video is going to be more like full video production where we take multiple angles, we get really high, uh, good quality audio narration, uh, a lot of more personable where we get video clips of the business owners. And even if we can get a testimonial and we kind of, you know, edit that into a, you know, a very high end evergreen piece of video content that you could just keep it on Facebook as like your ongoing uh, yeah. billboard you know yeah that's awesome so awesome and right. what what how i ended up kind of rolling in that direction is i have a client up in wilmington north carolina and she hired a video production company to do a commercial video about a three-minute video and it was ten thousand it's ten thousand dollars is what she paid for the production and so i'm going to try to uh, make a comparable something that is on that level of production, but I'm not going to charge ten thousand for it. <laughs> but it may be, you know, in the two or three thousand dollar range, mm -hmm. something like sure. that. Once I once I build up a portfolio and I can prove that I I can make videos of that level of quality, and there is a lot of work that goes into it, uh, pre-production, and then your production and post-production, a lot of editing and Mm -hmm. And you have to get all of the pieces well, you know, well captured, and then you have to make the magic happen with the editing and, and, and capturing the emotion and the, everything that you're trying to uh, make happen in those yeah. you know, minute or two minutes or 30 seconds, whatever you, you're going to end up doing. But anyway, I'm, awesome. I'm learning a lot about it. And, but I, I've been making videos for years and years. I enjoy doing it. I'm just kind of, learning the craft now so. yeah i dabbled in it in college because i was an art major and we had um like a like a video film kind of uh studio there where they had mm -hmm. tons and tons of audio equipment now this is like in the 90s so it's kind of dinosaur stuff really antiquated and mm -hmm. it was i was like i do not have the patience for this because it would take it was such an investment of time to create a little bit of video content. It was hours and hours of editing in this like disgusting room. Yeah. I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> yeah. It's still a lot of tedious work when you do in the editing piece, um, pulling everything together, but capturing it is all for me is kind of exciting trying to capture the angle and the lighting and the emotion everything movement and uh, you know i'm actually want to do some kind of mini documentary type stuff uh, at some point i think would be fun to do Ooh, yeah i actually have an amazing. idea for i have a movie idea or a documentary type movie idea or kind of a hybrid that i would love to produce at some point but who knows when that that may happen <laughs> But it's good. To, it's good to have more creative projects in the hopper. You never know when you know there's going to be a, a low, a slow time or a pause based on what's going on, and yeah, open up yeah. an opportunity to pursue it. Yeah, I never can really predict uh, like when new websites are going to come in. So I have a you know a, a number of clients that have monthly uh, marketing services that I do. That's pretty regular, but the months that are when I get two or three website builds, you know, it's a really strong month. And then I may have a month where just have one or none, but having a, a video production product where I could say, okay, now I've got these website builds and then I could have these video um, mm -hmm. offerings and which are going to be 
more expensive than a website build. Sure. Even though they're both, you know, there's a lot of work involved in, in both, but the, having those high-end videos is a little more, uh, I don't know. It's not, it's not as many people doing that level of video, whereas no. there's a lot, a lot of people building websites. No, well, that's awesome, and um, so if you want to do one, let me know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I would, I would definitely be a test subject for sure, um, for sure. And then once you have your like web content um, up for that, then share it with me, and then we can update that in the resources here if you don't have it already. Um, we do have a website up. It's just not completely finished. So okay, that's all right. Epicvideo.com is the is the domain. Okay, so we'll put that on there too. Yeah. I need to finish writing up some of the content. It still has a little bit of filler content, and it has some uh, old videos that I made um, as our examples. So I need to put some some better ones on there, but. It, it's up. At least we have something up. The domain is going to start growing in its authority a little bit. No, that's so. great. Um, I will check it out too. Well, thank you so much. I will let you go so you can eat your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll talk soon. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you too for having me on. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Creative Psychotherapist. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For show notes, downloads, and additional resources, head over to the website at www.creativeclinicianscorner.com.